Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to day two. I hope there aren't too many sore heads um, in the audience in case you went to the ceremony last night. Um, so I'm really pleased to introduce our first two speakers of today. We've got um, Chris Page and George Coffey, and they are from um, the agency Jelly. And they're here today to talk about their in-house studio kitchen and how they work with illustrators to animate their work. Please put your hands together to give them a very warm welcome to the stage. <laughs> Hello. Oh, wow. It's Hello. my first time with the Madonna mic, so I might be um, slightly amateurish. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming, taking time out. I know you've uh, all got better, wonderful things you could be doing. But um, we're going to be talking a little bit today about illustration-led animation, uh, and I guess the best way of getting us into that is to talk a little bit about Jelly and where we came from. Jelly was established in the early noughties, uh, and when we set up, um, it was a quite a siloed approach. So basically, there were people who represented illustrators and production companies who looked after animation. Uh, and when we came to it, we decided that perhaps uh, there was um, a way where these two should be talking to each other more. Uh, and so we set up as a kind of with an agnostic approach to illustration animation. Uh, originally, we were looked for the people then. We thought there were illustrators that could animate, animators that could illustrate. It was a bit too early. Uh, and also, you know, it was much more segmented. So illustrators did print, animators did TV work. Obviously, as content and all the other channels have developed, we have got to the stage where um, it's more and more common, our approach. So we represent 24, I think, illustrators from all over the world, illustrators, designers, hand lettering artists, um, all of whom have a very disparate uh, approach to their discipline. We also represent uh, 20 animation directors, again, from all over the world, who are working in various media. And obviously, you need to see our reel. Thank you. 
Okay, so that's some of the work of our better known animation directors. Uh, as well as all those external directors, we are one of the few studios that has an in-house animation department, which was originally specifically set up to work alongside our illustration roster. George is the head of animation uh, and technical head of the kitchen and, the and chief clicker. So uh, can you click onto your reel? So that's a selection of the stuff that we produce in-house, mainly with our in-house illustration roster. Um, so the assumption is that the majority of you guys are illustrators um, who are interested in making your work move. I think from our perspective, that's a perfect time for you to be investigating that. I think there's two things that I've seen this week that have uh, accentuated that kind of movement towards more animation. I was at the World Illustration Awards on Wednesday night, and whereas three or four years ago, that would probably have been uh, just lots of pieces of work stuck onto the wall, now I would have thought a good third of it is iPads put up showing uh, illustration with animated content of short form animated pieces. Uh, so it's definitely the way that it's, it's going. I think there was another report I read this morning where it was one of the big media companies have released uh, a survey that says that posters are getting three times more engagement if they're animated. So um, it's important to remember, I think, that the people who will be supporting you uh, and commissioning your work, if you're an illustrator, are probably at some point going to be uh, hoping that your work will animate to some extent. You know, possibly not as long form as some of the things that we're going to go through technically, but I think it's something that as an industry we all need to be aware of and it's something that we generally are bigger, more commercial projects on the illustration side nearly always now have an animated element to them. So I'm going to hand over to George, who's going to do all the technical stuff, uh, and I'll just interrupt when necessary. Yes, thank you. Hello. I do talk. Um, so basically, we do our own sort of style of our own different, we're, as Chris said, production sort of studio in our own right. We are an in-house team. We started off just doing, we basically have a um, pre-visual side to the company as well. So they do animatics and whatnot, and we end up developing our own style and doing our own. Uh, 
commercials, advertising. In between that sort of time, we also do our own personal work, stuff that might not be commercially viable. Um, won't need to point some of them out. Um, but yeah, so we spend this time sort of like developing our own style, trying to work out other stuff, just trying to find out what sort of animation we do. But as Chris said, I don't know why they sound on this one, that's my, my fault. Okay. It's quite, quite a nice mix, and then I skip off that one. But basically, we work with a lot of the um, illustration roster and do exactly what Chris said. So they'll most of the time, clients will see an image and be like, we want that animated, we want that as a story. That's something we like to sell our product with. So what I'm going to do is sort of go through your, our process of what we do as an animation studio. Um, hopefully, kind of make sense to you of what, what we do as a studio. And then try and sort of explain how that might work with any sort of budding animators who are illustrators or stuff you can think about as illustrators before you get into the animation stage. So with anything, we always get a brief or a script. It's the same as anything. I know whether it's illustration, animation, it's all the same. It can be, we had one brief came in, it was like, we want something whimsical that sells coffee. It's like, yeah, sick, nice. Um, or we get something like this, which is for Spec Savers, which is the project I'm going to go through that actually had a script, an idea. They wanted a fairy tale sort of animation. So we start off by doing, looking at the style. So again, the benefit of us having already illustration roster um, is that we can give them a ton of illustration styles, whether it's going to be stop motion, and, um, 3D, 2D, sketch, you name it, whatever. We basically say, yeah, we'll, we'll animate that. Storyboards, you know about storyboards, but this is something that's obviously the most important thing. We're going to go on to it late, uh, in, later in the talk. Um, even if you're doing like a two-image GIF, just sketching them two things out for timing, selling it on to clients, trying to just get your story across. It's the most important stage, and it can be terrible drawings. Like These ones are all right, actually, but some of mine are horrendous. That's why I'm not showing them. Um, and then you start with the character design, and this is all stuff that we do before we've even won the job. This is stuff that we sort of get out there and try and show to clients like this is what we're aiming for in the animation. Um, this whole process was like a two-day thing split between two or three of us. Um, and this is from Jacob, who's like our uh, in-house character designer. Uh, smashed them out pretty, pretty well, I thought. Really good. Um, and again, another benefit of having the illustration roster is that this is a uh, illustrator, Chevelle Fryer. And this job, we already knew had a stupid amount of time, as everyone knows. Why don't you have enough time to do anything decent? We want about eight weeks to do this. They gave us four. So we're like, all right, okay, we're gonna have to bring in some other people. So Chevelle, as you can see, is very well crafted, fits a sort of fairy tale type style. And we're just sort of like, can you help us out with some backgrounds? She did, and she started doing some background designs, some style um, uh, lighting testing. And um, yeah, so we sent that all off and won the job. Oh, sorry. Then we've done the style frame, sent that off, and won the job. Um, yeah, so that's like your final image shot. I don't get it. So an animatic is the next thing. And again, I'm going through a long process. I'm going through a long sort of commercial 30-second thing here because it's the same with anything. But I've just thought I might as well go to the extreme of uh, full commercial animation. And as you can see, the sketches are just quick, whipped-up things to try and say, this is the pacing, this is the timing. And we'll do this with a voiceover with a voiceover. So now they've taken the sound off. The fat sound's gone down. Oh, there, oh, there we go. <laughs> the timing, honestly, on that was impeccable. 
marked. So yeah, and that's, again, that stage. So this is all before we've done any sort of animation side, we're just selling it on. After that, we then break down each of the storyboard, um, this is the whimsical coffee thing I was talking to you earlier, break down each image of the storyboard and send that off as a separate illustration to the clients and say, this is what you're gonna get for every scene. Um, this is something, again, we'll talk about later, but this is something that could be a bit of a good practice for illustrators who want to do animation. If you're listening to a certain section of a song or a thing, just doing each frame of an of a illustration and then seeing how that looks one after the other. Uh, we do that for infographic. doesn't matter how boring or how exciting it is. It's all the same. And then we get into the fun bit. So this was cell animated. Um, we've got four different stages here, and we had four different people on the four different bits because obviously we had, didn't have enough time. And basically, you sketch this off, send this to the clients, make sure the time and everything's all right. Uh, oh, too far Start doing in betweening, which is in betweening. Clues in the name. Clues in the name. Um, drawing in between each, each frame that you've just drawn. We start lining up. Everything that moves has to be drawn. Color, gradient. So that's basically the four stages of a sort of pretty nice looking bit of uh, animation. Um, and then uh, this is quite an important thing for uh, you know, illustrators working with animators. You've got to think about layers. This is something that we're going to go through and stress so much. It's like everything's on layers. Because even if you're going to have like, you know when you see them really nice little gifts where it's like got the parallax, uh, sort of camera move, it's all just layers, just do, do that, save yourself thousands of hours of time, or the animator's time, because most of the time I have to rub stuff out and try and draw it. Um, and then you can build up a scene, as you can see, it's quite a nice little case study. Um, this is, video's got sound, I don't know if I've got to give you a heads up there. Uh, we're learning. Uh, and this is a bit of a making of, so you can see a bit more of the process, this is exactly what I've just gone through, but made into a nice video for all. So yeah, the point of that really is, and the point of the talk that we're trying to get across is collaboration. The team was quite big. It's a bit of a lie there. The studio, those two people weren't actually working on that. It just made it look bigger, a bit more important. But, but it's, it's, I think it's, that is an interesting point. As an, as an illustrator, you are working nine times out of 10 in a very solitary manner, creating a single image. Whereas animation is inherently 
a collaborative process. So it's a mindset change where you have to go from being or understand that if you're going to become part of an animation process, you are going to be part, you know, there are different techniques, different technologies, different skill sets involved. So you will be part of a larger chain uh, nine times out of ten, especially if you're working on something uh, in a commercial sphere that's longer form. So um, I think psychologically that's quite an important thing to think about is, you know, are you able to do that? Is that something you're happy to do? There may be compromises along the way. Yeah, kind of letting go. It's like the thing we've done with Alva recently. Yeah. She drew the first image and then she wasn't even on the job for the rest of it. She has to let us trust us to be able to animate how she was. Obviously, we send it back to her and she'll yes or no. Um, and that happens later on, we'll show yeah. you. Um, want to see the final animation of that? Yeah. This has also got sound. So yeah, that was done in four weeks. Um, six animators all, and one illustrator doing the background. So yeah, that's the sort of team we had doing that. So now I'm going to talk about, hopefully this might sort of relate to you a lot more, is that working with the illustrating team, doing small little gifts, doing small little things that you can sell your uh, ideas, realize that people see these little bits of animation, these little bits of things like, oh, we can do that for a whole bigger campaign, a bigger thing, and that's just through us seeing something that Damien Wayhill done. So Damien's one of the jelly on the jelly roster, and he basically done the first half of the job for us. He storyboarded it, he'd drawn it, he designed it, and I was like, well, let's just, let me give that a go, let me try and animate that, let me try and get that story across. Let's see if animating it actually adds anything, because sometimes you don't have to animate everything, you know, an illustration is good enough, but let's see if it works. So this is what we sort of came up with. Still said it sound. It's quite sad. I mean, it doesn't come up, but the sun does come every day, so it, it's not dead. It's alive. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was just our first little play. That's our first little thing, the first little go with Damien. Um, yeah. And I think that's that kind of. Moving from, you know, if you're an illustrator, you're an image maker, so you're used to producing a single image that encapsulates a story or whatever it is that you are trying to get across to your audience. And that, I think, there's, there's a slight translation because obviously you can either make those single images add a moving element like you've got here, or you can decide to become a storyteller and, and try and develop towards becoming an animation director, which is obviously a completely different skill set. It doesn't mean that it's beyond anybody's capabilities. It just means thinking of, you know, and quite often it's not, when you think about writing stories or becoming a storyteller, the, the most terrifying thing is, well, where do I start? And perhaps the way to approach it, or an easier way to approach it, is to look at your images and think, okay, well, how did that arise? Where you know that that image is the encapsulation of a story, so that's possibly 
the final frame in a story. So we need to look at how that situation arose or how did you get there and think about breaking it down. Then maybe so maybe you start at the end rather than the beginning if you want to start telling some more stories within your illustrations. Um, obviously, if you're getting to a longer form, then obviously that needs to develop slightly more, but it's just a good way of getting you started. Yeah. Well, I guess when we're saying stories, like, it's not like Game of Thrones, this, is it? It's just saying, like, you know, I want to go on holiday. It's quite nice. Um, so there's different ways of doing your animation, and hopefully I'm going to sort of go through what you can think about with your style of illustration, if you're an illustrator. Um, After Effects is the best thing ever to learn. I like 100% anyone, that's all I ever speak to. When we go and do uh, university talks and whatever, they ask what programs. Obviously, cell animation is great, but that comes down to your drawing skills. After Effects is the best sort of form of being able to break up people's artwork using puppet tools and be able to animate something. So this is, again, from that previous job. This is Damien again, and we realized we can animate his stuff, but they wanted it in a quicker time, as I say, as always. And so Damien just gave us these two images, and it's what Chris was saying. He gave us the beginning and the end. It's basically how we got from one to the other. This isn't the best animation you'll ever see, but it's just sort of like an example of what, how you get from one to the other. So we learned from that job that we'd want everything, as I said a hundred times, sorry, this thing's going right, it's my ears. Um, layers is the most important thing, and you can do stuff. Like this. So it's basically breaking up each part, adding it in, using artifacts. Again, I know I'm just going to start saying here, and I hate when I go to talks, so it's like, you just do it, you just basically put it together and animate, but that's something you're going to have to just learn the basics of, you know, teaching yourself. I'm not saying go to university again. We've all done it and we've all realized what we want to do. That's the main part of, of going to university. It's now working how you want to develop that. What's the most important things to learn? So if this is your sort of style of illustration with quite vectorized um, style, Artifacts is your way forward. That's how you sort of get oh, these sort of animations. I'm not a pro clicker, I tell you. Just quite fluid, quite nice, quite bouncy. And then you go into cell animated. Now this is the most sort of, I think, glamorous? No, 3D is probably the most glamorous. Glamorous is a big word, isn't um, it? Ambitious? Yep. So traditional. Traditional. Lovely. Traditional, and, it, and it's probably the most, time, uh, time, definitely the most time-consuming and uh, labor-intensive way of producing. But quite often, it has the kind of better flow to it than anything else you'll see. Yeah. So again, the whole basics, again, animation, bounce, bounce and stretch, bouncy ball, and sound animation. I don't know, obviously I'm sounding, I'm just gonna start from the beginning. It's literally just images put together into a sequence to give away that something's moving. You end up using that uh, thing to make actual bounce, balls bounce. Um, I'm sorry I had to show this, but this was actually a job, which is for Mary Stoops. And basically it works the exact same, so you move that on, stretch it, bounce, it's all the same. So once we've done that, we find an image, so this is from Hannah Warren, and she just literally drew this one image. I thought it was a really nice thing, and someone just came and asked, like, can we make a skip? Now, the skipping, again, is the exact same process. Each scene, working out what bits moves, the hair moves, the booze move, the impact, put that all together, 
and you've got to skip in person. Again, it sounds simple. It's about learning your walk cycles, about just Googling, Pinterest, whatever. Um, so once you've sort of done that first bit, you can then push that on and you look at other people's animation. And this is Alva uh, Skog. Um, and you realize what you can sort of get away with. Because sometimes, as Chris said, it's really time consuming. But you realize there's certain bits you can probably hide or get rid of because in an animation, you might not need to see it. Because in this illustration, you know what it's doing. We now have to actually make it do that. So first process of sort of sketching it out, coloring it up, going through it all. It's all the exact same process as what I've just sort of shown you before. Um, hopefully, if you've got any questions at the end, we'll talk about this any further. Also, there's an interesting point there, or not interesting, but the things that you have to take out. So, you know, as it's a loop, there's a person in the foreground there, that's not going to work unless you want some kind of distraction flicking past the beginning, of the bottom of the screen. There's other elements in there. So, if, if it's a longer form, then keep those in, but mm -hmm. if it's a loop or a GIF, then obviously the best thing to do is to concentrate on the the most dynamic element. Yeah. That's why the storyboarding is the most important part, because you will end up drawing a fantastic first image, and then you won't see that guy like the bottom left. It'll be half a second, and you're like, oh, I spent half a day drawing or whatever, an hour drawing this guy, you're not even going to see it. Um, so the next frame. I'm just going to sort of say the exact same thing again, but I'm just going to show you that you can do it with type, you do it with everything. It's just frame by frame, drawing through with Alison stuff. The exact same process, drawn, finished, colored. Blah, blah, blah. So the morphing thing, how do you work that out? As, as a non-technical person, which I'm not, is that something that's intuitive or is that something that you work out along the way? I think it's intuitive. It's a lot of watching videos. Right. A, a massive cheat and again, probably shouldn't say it is, but like the new feature on uh, Apple now, or I guess you can do it through YouTube anyway, is just going frame by frame and seeing how certain people have done it. And it's not, it's not cheating, it's just like you're taking, you're borrowing, you're learning, working it out. I've watched other videos and they're not exactly the same as mine because your style will come through. But just don't be afraid of just like, you know, ripping that video off, having a little look through, seeing how they do it because you're going to learn how to do it somehow. Well, it's technique as well, isn't it? So you can't rip off technique. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about 3D. Um, mostly just because I'm just going to say it seems scary to people, but it's exactly the same process. It might take a little bit longer because of rendering times and whatever, but it's the exact same thing of what's moving, got to have separate. Uh, again, it's just quite a simple GIF uh, idea. It's just what you're selling, what, what are you trying to say in this, in this GIF. So um, Virgin Mobile had seen this from uh, Design Lad and exactly what I said earlier about them sort of seeing something and be like, we want that as a whole format. We end up having to create that. Um, so we started with the sketches. So you start with the sketches. This is what Virgin Mobile came with us. They said, we want these. We want you to create it. Design Lad is an amazing designer in his own right. Uh, he doesn't, he was a little bit apprehensive about doing the whole thing. So he wanted to focus he, on the design. He'd done short, short bits of animation so we, can, so we can help him out with that sort of thing and we can do the chat that we're doing now. So he spent his time creating these designs, which I thought were fantastic, especially when they blew them up. Um, so while he's doing that, what I said to you earlier, it doesn't matter what style you've got, your, style, your storyboard's pretty much going to be the same. So as you can see in this, the drawings of... Uh, the machines are the drawings that they sent to us, and then we worry about what he's drawn after. But it's about going through a fa factory, getting through to the end. Um, 
building that whole thing. Drawing so that's planning there. the journey that the camera will take yep. in a 3D environment. And then another animatic. So you said we normally go through a uh, voiceover subtitles this time. It's quite interesting seeing it all. And then finish with this. So we try to chase as much as what uh, Design Lad gets in the whole product. So the only things that Design Lad done was the uh, machines. And then we could take the machines and animate them with his uh, artistic lead. So um, we said we'd kind of get through this reasonably quickly so that you guys, because it's a more of a Q&A thing, we're doing animation surgery. I don't know what that sounds horrible. Hopefully no one gets hurt uh, over there in a minute. Um, I think there are obviously, all there is, as you can see, is there are a myriad of techniques involved from taking your still images and making them move. Now, you may think that you can achieve enough tension and storytelling and keep the purity of your imagery by just doing something like this, which is from Jeff Roy, one of our uh, animations directors. So in which case, you know, there, you will probably be able to assimilate enough skill on your own to be able to do that. Um, if not, then obviously what you have to do then is to move out, engage with other people, possibly storytellers, ask them if they've got something that you can start to put a series of images to and then work towards an animation. Possibly, you know, there are a myriad of music video people who are looking for content that you can collaborate with some friends and put something together. Start to get to the stage where you've got more moving stuff in your portfolio. I think another important thing is that um, all of the animated content that you'll see on TV or well, that comes out of these big animation production companies, quite often they're all pitching for work all the time. They're all treating for work all the time, which means that they are looking for new, fresh visual treatments. And it may be that they are looking for illustrators and animators to collaborate with. So when you, now that you've graduated, don't just look for an agent. You know, we are an agent, but we're also a production company. But there's hundreds of animation production companies that might be looking for your style. You know, if you're a character illustrator, even better, because people are looking for quirks of character animation all the time. So you can help them win work because they'll be looking for a style or a treatment they can put you forward. So don't restrict yourself to just looking at illustration agents, I think in these days, you need to be able to reach out to production companies as well. You know, there are lots of organizations and associations where you can find these people. Yeah. I think the whole summary of this as well is sort of like, we don't want to sort of scare you. We showed you two big sort of commercial sides. That's why we're finishing off with these gifts, how simple they are. Um, and by going to these production studios and all these places, just seeing that little bit of movement, it makes people realize. I think we take for granted that we are a creative industry and we expect people to be able to see what we see. But just showing that little bit of movement, it really sort of sells your product, doesn't it? It's yeah. really something that someone will see as a sort of 
someone looking at your illustration, suddenly they're like, oh, right. So yeah, we, got, we had a little summary of just sort of story arc, know your final image, storyboard is most important, and it's pacing and timing. Pretty much. So yeah, hopefully um, you found that interesting. Hopefully it might have related to some of you, and hopefully you've got some questions. Uh, Jordan, Chris, um, if you have any questions, just put your hand up. Be kind. I, I'm Gary Ambry from University of West of England Illustration Course. Hello. I was just interested in what's the mileage in maybe illustrators being used as a, in a more collaborative sort of co-directorial role. Because a lot of illustrators are about visual narrative rather than just purely the aesthetic surface kind of color, and mm -hmm. you know, much more about composition. And I'm just wondering whether you know, often people miss a trick in the fact that they could be quite useful in terms of planning an animation in terms of composition and pacing and all that kind of stuff, rather than just being used, oh yeah, we really like that visual language, we're then gonna animate it. Just interested in what you think about that. I think, well, all illustrators are visually literate, and everybody has, but I think everybody has a different skill set, and you have to kind of bend to that. We've noticed with our roster, so we've got 24 illustrators. Some of them are more proactive than others when it comes to the process of creating animation. So some of them will have very specific ideas and will have worked out storyboards or story ideas. Whereas some of them will need a lot more help from internally. I think you can, you can learn it. You know, it's like film school, isn't it? You know, if you watch a lot of animated content, you know, even for Bugs Bunny, there's every out. Everybody can pick up certain visual hints and, and tricks that are repeated. You know, there's a lot of things that you just say, all oh, right, I've seen that a little bit before, and introduce it. But, you know, the way that shots are put together, that is something that you, if you watch enough stuff, you will pick it up. But I think it's very individual. You know, you can't make a kind of sweeping statement. Do you do much where there's like co-creation? Yeah, exactly. Work. So, so that's what I was trying to sort of get. illustrates throughout the process. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what that Virgin Mobile thing was. That's what I was trying to get across, maybe I didn't. <clears throat> where he's sort of like out of it, but we ask for sort of his feedback, because obviously he's still a creative side director of it. He's still someone who can sort of be like, exactly what you're saying, the composition, he's got a different composition mind. So what we have, and there's some things The client, the client was see. originally interested in him directing it. Yeah but he didn't feel confident enough at that stage of his career to direct the whole piece because he had only done gifts and loops. So he kind of, there was a just slight wobble where we said, right, client would like you to direct it. He got as far as he could and he went, I'm not, I don't feel confident enough. So we took that process back in house and he sat with us and collaborated throughout. I think it's a very important thing if you feel comfortable doing that. This is what the problem is with any sort of answering. You can you try and do, a, as you say, a sweeping general sort of thing. But if you're confident, if you're saying you want to be a director sort of side of stuff, the only way you can do that is by collaborating and showing that with someone else and being like, putting it in your show rules, saying like, I direct this, this is what I've done in that. That's what I find interesting in show rules is people give me, just give me the link and then after it sort of explain what bits you've done so you can actually work that sort of stuff out. Yeah, because also, you know, we get reels in all the time. And quite often you'll see the same work yeah. on different reels because, as we said, it's an inherently collaborative process. So you're trying to get to, right, who actually directed that? <laughs> you know, or did you, or if it's, a, if it's a longer piece, someone might have 
directed a sequence that then fitted into a bigger picture. You know, it is, it is a, it's a difficult mindset to get into and a difficult thing to predict. Any other questions? Hello. Hello. Um, I was wondering, because my art style is pretty um, very detailed, and I was thinking after today that it would be cool to have like little animations on it. I was wondering like how would I do that because I draw very realistic people with very detailed backgrounds. It takes forever, but like <laughs> I thought, and I've done animation before, but that also took a really long time, mm. and I was wondering. I think you start thinking about you're doing characters quite detailed. Yeah. I think you think about what you can move in the background. I think you, you think about just little, uh, there's, there's easy gifts that, uh, I say easy, the short, simple gifts that uh, Jeffrey done in them ones that we showed. I think you think about, because your character, there's so much work that goes into that. That's so much like learning sort of thing. That's something you'll have to keep doing over and over again as practice. But just to be able to sort of like see and how stuff move, clouds in the background, stuff like that. It's, again, as I was saying, clients don't even realize that you can do that sort of stuff sometimes. Sometimes we over-animate, we do something, we move this really complicated character, like, oh no, we just wanted, you know, the bird flapping in the background and all that, and that sort of just brings a whole different element to it. If you start with the background bit of the bird flapping or the clouds moving, then you feel more confident and maybe you're like, right, I'm going to make the character blink. Okay, I'm going to get this character to start sort of moving its mouth. You just do bits and bits and bits and bits and bits until you realize, like, I can do the whole, the whole thing here, like, or, you know what I mean? I think it's important also to think about your work, to think about how does that character move? You know, how do I get over, you know, because when you've drawn that, that single figure, you've got a very clear idea of what they're like, who they are, because it's taken you a long time to do it. Okay, how does that personality translate into animation? You know, how is that, you know, are they, do they move quickly, assertively? Do they skip? You know, do they bounce? All of these things, you have to kind of consider these extra processes, and it may be, that if your work is extremely detailed, that if you're starting to look for longer form procedures, you might have to start working with someone else, hook up with an animator who can help you. Mm. But you know, it's it's thinking about how, you know, how do I get from here to here? Because it's it's a technical process. I wouldn't be afraid of just starting small. That's what I would sort of get. You know, so you get your mind into it on how. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm Matt Gurr from Portrait Illustration. Oh. And so I was wondering, you've got your 24 representative illustrators. Yep. Do you ever have illustrators come to you with a commission project that they need to animate? Or do you only work with the illustrators you represent? Uh, we currently only work with the illustrators that we represent uh, simply because it's a more, we could control it. They're people that we've worked with and trusted before. Um, so we don't kind of hire out the yeah, kitchen hire as a there, there has been times when the client would come with an already created piece. Yeah. And they were like, we need to get this to move. But that's, again, from the, uh, the, the, the studio, the client, where it's not particularly a, a, a illustrator, separate illustrator. So. But normally, yeah, our own. Thanks. That's OK. Any other questions? Right, my uh, work is mainly 3D models, as in physical pieces. Yes, I know that some of your clients or some of your illustrators do do that. What kind of different process do you have for animating that? 
doing some of the process will be slightly different. For a 3D? Yeah, for physical model pieces. So, for example, um, Hattie Moon is one of your... Oh, right. Uh, for a stop motion type thing? Yeah, you combine that with After Effects. Yeah. Too. yeah we've so got our own, we've got an in-house studio, so we'll start building and making stuff. I mean, we've had mm. all sorts of weird and wonderful things constructed. But there again, how does it move? Yeah. You know, there's a kind of, you know, you, might, you need to have a strong idea of, you know, what happens. If, you know, it's like things like we've done chocolate. How does that chocolate move? Is he an angry piece of chocolate or is he a smiley piece? You know, it sounds, it sounds spurious to say it, but all of these things have to, in order for it to be an effective piece of animation, everything has to have character. You know, whether, how, you know, whether that's an inanimate object or, a, or an animated character. So I think, you know, and that comes back to storyboarding and working out how it would move and then translating that and, and whether you can actually, the things that you make, can we take them apart? Can we, can, can we make them out of something else? You know, or are you going to have to 3D print a series of images? Uh, JJNM, one of our directors, do a lot of that where they've got an in-house 3D printer. So they actually break it down into a series of images that they then put into a, you know, then into 3D software that then goes into a, to a printer. So they print the whole sequence and shoot it. There, there is a quick and effective way as well, which we've done for all our chocolate animations. It's just taking photos of it in different angles, putting it in After Effects, and it looks like it's tumbling, but you're not actually doing it on the stick. We tried to do it on a stick and it just melted. Like, oh, I think it's, to, it's the complexity of yeah, what, you of what you're you making. If you were presenting or pitching to a client with that kind of idea, you know, you need to get it signed off. Yeah. Obviously, like physical pieces can take a lot longer to make. Yeah. Mm. Would you give them the same amount of scenes and things like that, or would it just be a taster? Well, most of the time, you we do a style frame with a shot just shoot it how you're going to say this is how it's going to look for the whole animation. Obviously you don't know because that's the truth of it because you've got to do it and make it and then you, you still sketch out how much detail you think. It's still just sketching out a storyboard. It's again with the style frame and be able to say like I'm going to be able to do this for the rest of the 10 seconds. or whatever. It will depend on the relationship with the client as well because there's a certain element of trust there. You know, If you've worked with them and they know you then they will say and you say I can make this work. I think the problem when you're starting out or when you're working with a new client is you say, well, you know, that's fine. This chair is going to run across the room. And they're like, oh, okay. Is it? Can I see that? So you'll have, then it's, oh, God. So we've actually got, you know, the problem with animation and treating and pitching animation to a certain extent is, is that cutoff point between how much do you show before you're actually doing the work. Yeah, you know, but that test that test shot isn't ever wasted because then you'll use that for your next pitch. So if you do do like a quick test of like what the movement's going to be, that's never wasted. So don't ever feel like if you didn't win that job, you're not like ah. Oh. The amount of style frames we use again yeah. to try and win another job, it's like our treatment portfolio is huge because it's all failed <laughs> pitches, and you just use that for later on. So it's always work works work. Yeah, I mean, there's bound there will be frustration, you know. But you know, if you've animated dogs 
and the client says, yeah, it's not a horse though, is it? <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, but okay, so can you do it again with a horse? Well, yeah, we'll do it again when you pay us to do a horse. But, you know, the fact is, so you have to try and, you know, it's whatever you can cajole them into, that kind of leap of faith. There is a certain amount of trust and faith involved. Thank you. Hi, thanks very much for that, that really open talk. Um, I'm actually from the University of Plymouth. Um, my question was, how do you want students to approach you? Illustration students? Illustration, yeah, but with some animation sort of skills. Uh, email. We get loads of emails all the time. Uh, and that's the best way to do it. Or, you know, point us to your body of work. So, you know, Instagram, whatever you're, wherever you're putting all your work, point us towards your site. You know, if we can see stuff that moves, that's great. Um, I think it's important that we see the more work you've done, the better. So, you know, we may look at a body of work and see 30, 40 pieces and see one that we think is commercially viable or shows signs that you could work in a commercial environment. Um, so seeing a body of work, we may say, okay, we want to see more of that. Have you got any more of that? Um, but yeah, we're pretty open. I mean, quite the uh, interesting story. I was speaking to Damien actually a couple of days ago, and he was saying, I was like, how did you get sort of become with Jelly? And he said he'd drawn loads of different styles. And even though you can tell it's Damien now, he didn't think anything of that one style. And uh, Charlie, who's um, CD of, uh, of Jelly, she just saw that. I was like, we want more of that. And it's funny how you don't know. So, yeah, I think that you want to see a big body knowing that you're a student, a graduate, knowing that we, you know. Yeah, our, our job is to, is to get our talent working in a commercial environment because then that's that good for everybody. So, you know, we might, we might, there might be elements that you do or cre have created that we don't think is going to be useful for us. So I think the, the bigger body of work we see, the better. And, you know, as I always say to people, work all the time and approach people all the time. You've got to be consistent and you've got to be pretty relentless. Thanks very much. No worries. I'm more I, of a graphic designer. Oh, hang on. <laughs> One at a time. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I'm from the Duncan of Jordanston um, illustration course up in Dundee. Um, as an illustrator working freelance, uh, you mentioned before that you guys do animation tests and things. Would you be like charging for that, or how would you? Um, no, no, we wouldn't be charging for that. No, I think you know if it's something that is useful for us, you know that we can show our clients, then we wouldn't. You know, we we create so much stuff for our social channels because that's how we get work. You know, it's the same as for you, just on a bigger scale. You know, we're trying to get work you know we're in new york now so we're constantly trying to you know attract people's attention you know it's like most production companies do loads of music videos when they're testing out young directors young animators you don't make money on music videos but what you do is get attention you can do you know you might create something that is incredibly creative that someone's going to see and go that will work so no you shouldn't Try and avoid paying for anything if you can. Um, I'm more of a graphic designer than illustrator, but a lot of my work kind of is illustration. What advice would you give to someone that's willing to try and get started? 
signed by an agent. Potentially, you'll just get work out there a bit get work. It's the same thing. You've got to, you know, cover as many channels as you can. Do work that, show the work that you believe in. Um, I think you know, it's, it's very difficult when you say to people, you know, use social channels to get work because we all know that social channels can, in fact, be quite destructive because everybody looks brilliant. Everyone looks like they're busy all the time and they're not. However, you know, pointing people towards them as a, as a, as a showcase is a fantastic way of doing it. Also, you know, I don't, you know, whatever city you're in, whatever town you're in, there'll be glug events. There'll be all of these kind of places where you can network. You know, as creative people, I understand illustrators and animators are not necessarily the world's best networkers because we're quite, you know, insular and not always the best socially. But if you can reach out into that peer group, that will, that echo effect will start to spread out. And, you know, can I come in? You know, lots of people who just sit down with people, have a cup of coffee, get an opinion. You've got to be, you know, you, you've reached that stage now where you have to convert this into commerciality. It's, it's, it's crucial and very difficult. But we, everybody's been there, and most people, in my experience, are very empathetic to it because everyone's been through it. And they normally, you know, designers, other designers, other illustrators are very helpful in my experience. So just try and reach out to as many of them as you can. A good, so, a good, a good exercise I'd say as well, just quick, just quickly, before, uh, is maybe you pretend that you're doing a project, uh, like a product, selling a product, because as Chris has said, like we, d we don't want to pretend, we don't want to say we're doing commercialized stuff, but that's what is paying. So just maybe just do a quick product case study and sort that's of say, this point. is how I would attack it. This is what we could do. We could do building billboards with stuff popping out and all that. Maybe that's a good fresh way. And someone will be like, oh, that's interesting. She's thought of a way that we didn't think of. A, a, a friend of mine who runs another agency says to illustrators all the time, fine, put a logo on it. Let's see what it looks like. <laughs> and he does. You know, he will say, right, let's have a look at your book. Let's put logos on it and see if you can see. imagine that as a commercial image. That's a really good way of imagining whether your work will, you know, and then you kind of look at it in a context that you probably haven't thought of it before. So maybe that's the thing to do. Hiya. Hello. Um, in your opinion, I was wondering, at what point should an illustrator um, reach out to an animation production company? Should they already have honed their animation skills or should they be at a pretty basic level so that you can mold them into the type of animator you want? As soon as you like. Honestly, because you don't know, a lot of it is going to be right place, right time. You know, they might have a, a treatment or a pitch, especially at the moment. You know, like if you're dealing with big commercial organisations, they're hungry for young talent. They chew through it, so they will be saying, you know, I've, I've show me something different, show me something new. You know, we want to do a piece of animation that doesn't look like the last piece of animation that we did. So I think you should just, the earlier you start, the better. I mean, you don't have to be represented. You know, I'm an, I'm an illustrator's agent, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend that you get an agent straight away because I think working for a year or two years commercially, getting different opinions on your work, honing your work, if you want to be represented, is 
is important. But, you know, if you want to work alongside a production company and you can get work that way, when you go to get an agent in a year or two years and you've got that in your book or on your reel, they'll be like, great, they'll snap you up. So I, th I think production companies probably earlier than agents, in my opinion. Hi. 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 I work at the, I work at the IT University of Bournemouth. I was, uh, I was wondering how often when um, how often the clients underestimate the amount of labour involved in making still image movies. One hundred percent. Every time. All, every, yeah, every time. time. Every yeah. time. It's not from a particular area. Every your clients you've worked with previously yeah. still underestimated. Yeah. 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 Can we have bigger hands? Can we have them tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. So That's the easiest question I've ever yeah. <laughs> can answer. You know, and, it, and it is, you know, illustration changes are relatively easy to act, to implement relatively. Animation changes, especially when you're looking at CGI, where you've got to change it, render it, check it, possibly render it again. You know, there are commercial pressures all the time. So this commercial is going on air on the 15th of April end of because we've already bought the space so they've already paid for their tv space it's going to be on halfway through x factor so but they're still changing it so at some point something has to give and usually you have to force them to so for people working in media who should be really used to this sort of thing still make them take we don't understand sometimes how <laughs> they have you yeah, but because, <laughs> because you lot that a lot of creative people who are working within agencies, people who are working on that side of things, you know, they don't have craft skills. Understandably, I don't expect them to have craft skills. But, you know, and it's very easy if you are presenting work to a client to say, well, if you don't like it, we can make it green. You know, if you're the account handler from that agency, but then you've got to go back to the production and say, oh, we told them we can make it green and we'll do it by tomorrow. Is that all right? People ask, can you make it move as an afterthought? Do you ever try and say, say, do you want to do this moving? Not so much now. Well, I think, it's I only think, because we started now being like, we know they're going to ask for yeah. it as an afterthought. So now it's more down to us being like, actually, you're going to ask for us that, for that to move. And it's also like um, making of videos. Everyone wants a making yeah. of video. So every time you're engaged in the process, even with illustration now, you know, we have... Illustrators who work by hand, illustrators who work digitally. As soon as you're commissioning them, we always say, right, set up a camera, make sure that you're encapsulating your process. Because halfway through, the client will go, oh, we thought oh we might God. have a making of video. And you think, right, okay, thank God. Otherwise, you're like, oh, okay, we haven't filmed any it's of that. It's a whole other set of skills as well. Well, it's also, you know, yes, it's because you're delivering, you're delivering two lots of stuff. It's a very long discussion. Just a quick question. Uh, do you get, ever get an illustrator that you're working on a project with who says, I, I don't like the way that my figure's been moved? He, do, he wouldn't move like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah? But that's why, I mean, it's easier to talk to illustrators than it is to talk to clients because we'll understand it's all about just talking and chatting through. Sometimes I've done it, uh, I took it really to heart, again, with Damien, but like, it's sort of like, the splash looks great, but, and I'm like, all right, well, you, you go and do it then, <laughs> but then you realise that it's just, just back and forth. It's just yeah, what it is. And it's and just you chat. Have to, you have to respect that opinion. Yeah. It's their, it's their it's imagery, their and if you, you know, like we were saying earlier, 
they've probably thought about how does my character work? How does, you know, mm. they're raising they're an eye, they're winking, they wouldn't wink like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm meaning. Collaboration is key because then you, if you do a line test and you check it, hopefully you can resolve those issues fairly early in the process and not show them a finished film and they're like, oh no, it's left-handed. <laughs> Thank you so much, oh, Chris thank you very much. and George. Right. Um, so, uh, as Chris mentioned earlier, they are surgery. going to do uh, animation surgery now. So you have uh, five minutes to grab any illustrations that you want to put in front of them, get some advice on how to best animate your work. Um, and also, if you have any animation work which you're sort of in the early stages of, you'd like some feedback, you can also show that to Mr. George. So that will be in five minutes. Where are we doing it? Just over here. Oh, oh. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thanks.